As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Beats. Original cast here. I'm, of course, Nick Baumgartner, along with Brendan Quinn. Here in beautiful May, Cinco de Mayo. What a day. May is always, Brendan. Happy Cinco de Mayo. May is a good time uh, around my on my schedule because it's the end of a cycle. It's the end of football, and there's nothing on the mm-hmm. horizon, really, except for something later that I don't have to worry about. And so May is always a nice uh, sure. time of year for me. How are you? How are you doing? I was uh, playing golf a week ago or so and was was talking with one of the guys I was playing with. And he, he made the great take that spring is overrated. <laughs> so uh, you hate it. Okay, great. <laughs> no, I mean, but like May, May starts to actually feel like, okay, it, yeah, spring, it's getting yeah. legitimately warm. You look in the forecast, here, there's like yeah. 85 and like 90 on the horizon. You're like, hell yeah, let's go. Because otherwise, like... March and April just suck. It's just a big tease. You don't actually get any good days. Everything's wet. Yeah, rain's gray. Every day. Yeah. Muddy. Yeah, and it's a nice day followed by four shitty days, and you're just like, can we just get this over with? Like, cold, let's go. Cold so, mud. <laughs> cold mud. Yeah. <laughs> cold mud. Exactly. Um, that's that's spring in Michigan. Yeah. But May feels like it's kind yeah. of the actual pivot. The mud place. starts so, to warm up a little bit. Looks, Grass starts to grow. It's sunny outside, I guess. It's a little sunny. Uh, but otherwise the, otherwise, the world's on fire. Um, so that's great. That's just great. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think it ever went out. but I, I, Everything's on fire. I think it's always been. Everything's <laughs> on fire. Both of, my, both of my beats, my man, yeah. are in total disarray. <laughs> Nobody knows what the hell's going on in college sports. NIL, transfer portal, everyone is losing, losing their, mind. their mind. I am now, I am not answering calls from coaches wow. anymore unless I know it's important. It's but bad, everyone huh? is just complaining. It's just everyone's complaining about everything. No, <laughs> the, the thing that gets said over it, you, you, don't, you don't know how bad it is. Well, I'm like, yes, I do. Because it's all anyone's talking about. Um, <laughs> well, that's And fun. then on golf... <laughs> 
You've got two rogue leagues trying to destroy the PGA Tour. All these players are just like facing windfalls of cash now to play that, less that, and now less that's actual competitive golf. Now that's interesting to me. It's yeah. wild out there. Yeah, no, that, that is wild. That is a scene. That's a see. So you got the Masters mm-hmm. Cup there today too. The nice uh, coffee cup. That's a. That's I do. Yeah. I do. So, you know. In any event, there's a, there's a flex we just are, for you. Big flex on the. We pod. are going to talk about <laughs> the world burning, specifically. I think the college sports world because it really is the only thing. Um, I guess at top of mind because it is May and it's for, for hoops. It's that awkward recruiting season that all these coaches have been just like so mad about for so many years, rightly so. And now they're dealing with all this stuff on top of it. And they're not happy as Brendan is saying, football uh, is finding itself in similar yet more aggressive um, circles, I guess. I, I don't know what else to say on that front. I, I see a lot more like, I dare you to stop us in football. <laughs> Whereas in basketball, it's like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? <laughs> like, you know, in basketball, they're all trying to find their footing in football. It's like, we've been ready for this for a long time. Let's go. Oh, so, yeah. uh, you know, and there, you know, Hunter Dickinson, of course, just talked about this this week in a couple different interviews. Some other athletes have spoken out on their thoughts on the whole thing. Everybody has different perspectives. Everybody's coming from a different place. And as I look at it, you know, I got to tell you, <laughs> you hate to see it for some of these guys, first of all. But second of all, it's like, I, you know, we've all been talking about this for years. It's like, I, you know, there's a degree of the feet dragging that was happening here that always catches up to people in the NCA. But, you know, also, I'm not so sure if all the criticism all the time is warranted. So it's an interesting issue. I, I don't know where we want to start with this, but um, general thoughts to well, dive first in here. Of all, like do you, I've been I've been very um, kind of <laughs> what's the right word here uh, perplexed maybe that's the yeah. right word at some people who are like well this is it's all over like this is going to be this is going to be the end of college <laughs> sports and blah 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 and I'm like <sighs> well yeah this what are you talking <laughs> like you're not you are not serious right like. There's all this money. There's all this interest. That the fact that the whole system is completely fractured and that you know it, it is just the absolute wild west. Oh, will it turn off maybe some right, fans? Right. Sure, but like, what? How is it going to be the end of college sports? Someone explain to me how this is actually the end of college sports. Like, it's always been semi-pro. Yeah, it's just been mislabeled. Yeah, this is just and the, the light idea being of shown on the- of amateurism was just been bullshit forever. And people are like, well, now the, the agents are in charge and the, the boosters are in charge. Who do you think was in charge of high-level college football for the last, I don't know, 25, 30, 40 years? Well, like, here's what I would say. <laughs> so, okay. Everything is now just on the surface. We can stop acting. And, yeah, it's going to be really yeah. messy. And a lot of people are going to feel really, really uncomfortable and that's their problem. And if they don't want to be part of it, then they're not going to be part of it. Um, and if the, if there's well, that's, coaches, and yes, the people, yeah. like the, the amount of like, oh my god, this is going to run off good coaches. Yeah, it's going to run off some people right. who would be classified as air quotes good coaches. But if you can't adapt, like really good coaches are going to adapt. Well, and and that's going to be the way it is. And if we lose some good coaches, so be it. But like, look, the NCAA had a chance to adapt in the build up to this. A lot of people chose not to. It absolutely ended up just being a light or a, a, a match into in the gasoline yeah, the dry forest. Yeah, right. And and the biggest 
you know, the, the, the fact that the, the two biggest things at play here are A, the lack of preparation, right. the lack of any regulations going into it, and just they finally, they kicked the can so far down the road trying to fight mm-hmm. it instead of realizing it what was inevitable that then by the time it had to be enacted, everyone was stuck there with yeah. something in their hand. Let's say that. And then on the and the other major component is, of it is that it was the combination of NIL getting through um, the door and the transfer portal getting through the door and immediate eligibility, one-time transfer rule, all happening at the same right. time. Right. All at the same time. So those yep. those two factors combined with the other thing, and that's where we are. You got a lot so, going on. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, I feel bad for people who don't know what the hell's going on. That sucks, but like it's just going to have to be really weird here yep. for a few years until everyone gets their hands around it, and then it will proceed on. And that's what I was just going to say. In one way, yeah. shape, or form. I was just going to ask you that. Like, I think you know the panic, while I understand it um, in a lot of ways, um, I was just going to ask you, Like, I think it's a little premature. I think the full-on panic about this is going to ruin this, or this is going to destroy that, or this is the end of this, or... Whatever we keep talking about or we keep hearing is like, uh, you know, we don't even know really what all this is going to look like. We don't even know where all this is going to go um, or how this is going to shake out. I guess the thing I would ask you, though, as I think my thing might be frozen here, but I'm going to keep talking because I might not be. <laughs> the thing I'm going to ask you, though, uh, is the yeah. biggest thing you've heard from yeah. coaches. Yeah. I'm, I'm catching bits and pieces. <laughs> You're with me. Okay. Okay, so we had internet issues. I had internet issues on that one, but we're back. It is nice to be on the other end of that. Usually it's me, and I'm just sitting here, just shaking yeah, my head yeah, like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, about some, how about some goddamn professionalism The squirrels here? have been chewing on my internet lines. That's what I'm blaming <laughs> it on, okay? Blaming the squirrels. Again, we're fighting them in the spring. It's, it's another year here in Ann Arbor. But anyway, the thing I was going to ask you before we got cut off is you mentioned, you know, with all this... Because I just said, you know, I think it's a bit premature for a lot of the panic. I can understand the panic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just mentioned earlier, like, I'm, I'm not taking calls from coaches at this point unless I know it's drastic because <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it anymore. What yeah. is maybe the theme that you're hearing of, of any that is like the biggest, like, I can't believe this is, ha- you know, what the hell sure. are we going to so, do? Sure. The, the theme is simple. It's confusion. Mm-hmm. It's that nobody is exactly sure what you can do, what you can't do, what other schools are doing, how they're doing it, what's being offered, what's – like there's this – it went from everyone kind of knew who was shady, right? And you kind of knew how deals got done and and so on and so forth. But now there's like – a total lack of clarity on how, like, like how to even proceed on things. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, really? I right. mean, you've got individual coaches meeting with NIL lawyers trying to understand what is going on. And, like, the schools are trying to educate, but I feel like in sometimes, like, your own compliance office doesn't really know what's going on. Right. You know? So, and at the... You know, at the, at the high major levels, you've got the coaches are complaining about, they see this thing at Miami and they're like, what the fuck? What is going on here? Like, what is this? The guy demanding a raise. And at, right. And at the mid-major level, you've got coaches who are just like, well, I don't even know how to build a team. I have yeah. no idea what I'm doing at this point. Right. Like, how to get players, how to keep players. You feel like you're re-recruiting every day. And yeah. it's just an impossible way to proceed. 
And it's like this total reordering of the reality of of what the job is. Like, oh yeah, nobody yes. set out into this profession right. to work kind of within these confines. It is completely different. Or lack of yeah. confines, I should say. Right. And so, like, when you didn't envision the job being this, and now it is it, well, it, it there's just mass confusion. Yeah. And there's... Um, uh, like, how do you build a team? Right well, now? like, I, 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 I think, think the mid major really, teams are really the ones where you're like, I don't know what to tell you. That's really at the root at, yeah. of a lot of it where, you know, every coach wants to have a team. Right. And, and actually be able to work with, work with players and w- the dynamics have kind of changed where every player is how do you how do you promote team atmospheres when everything has just transformed so dramatically and drastically toward the individual and getting yeah. yours you know and like that's a hard deal yeah and and you and I are all for player compensation right and we right. want guys to be able to and, and Males and females, all players. All like, yeah. There are opportunities across the board, mm-hmm. um, and, and everyone should be able to get what is possible and what they deserve, so on and so forth. We we are in agreement on that. It, it's the the lack of a blueprint on how to actually do this, though, is just crippling yeah. toward some. And I talked about this on another podcasts like these coaches have gone from having their old recruiting schedules and your way of roster building and you're looking two three years out and think well that's over mm-hmm. it's over and, and you've got coaches now trying to decide whether you even bother going to recruiting events you know do you even know really need to go see high school players now i don't know how do you want to build your program and how worth is it to recruit high school players and how much is it worth spending that time where there's a chance they might just Bail transfer yeah. for the next biggest deal. You can build a great culture. You can have an opportunity for a player. The biggest point, I made this point with Dylan uh, on Monday, is the biggest underlying issue is that the, the, the confluence of name, image, and likeness and instant eligibility in the transfer portal has essentially incentivized leaving or exploring exploring the market. Where yeah. You can have a player who's you get in a raise great from situation. your own school. Yeah. Yeah. A player who's in a great situation with a coaching staff that he or she likes <laughs> at a school that he or she is comfortable at and that the mom and dad are comfortable with you being at, right? Mm-hmm. But everything that's happening right now, it's worth putting your name in the portal to see what is out there. That's right. Just like it's worth, going up. just like it's <laughs> worth James Franklin pretending that USC wants to hire Absolutely. him every year, and Absolutely. I get it. But at the same mm-hmm. time, um, the mid-major basketball coaches and, and you know some of the not just basketball, but you know the the lower level, those are the ones that you really I think at this point it's like man. Well, I don't. Well, know. There's two points. There's two sides here, in my opinion. Yeah, like because there's. There, 
or not two point. There's two conversations to have. Oh, there's a lot of because conversations. There is, yeah, yeah, that are like on, running on one side. There is this idea of okay, like what's fair to these schools that are trying to build teams mm. and be successful on the court or on the football field or on the soccer pitch. I don't even know. Do they play on pitches and that the thing? Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, soccer but, yeah, pitch. Um, so like one conversation is okay. These teams that are trying to be teams and trying to be successful. Right, and there are coaches whose careers are dependent on these things, and, yeah, right. and schools that are investing tons of money into these teams. Like that is reality. The other conversation, though, is like also like what is the healthiest environment for for college athletes too? And like you and I will agree, we both want every athlete to be able to get the money that they can that they can earn. But at the same right. time, I, I don't. I would never say it is in anyone's best interest to go to three or four different colleges no. in a four or five year window. It's not best that I don't. I don't think, and I'm sure there have been people who have been successful and had good experiences doing that. But like, I think in the educational model, well, yeah, and, <laughs> and among other things, like it, it's best to go to a college that you want to go to and spend time there and yeah. be like part of a university. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And that's why, yeah, and I, I was just reading, I was just reading Hunter Dickinson's comments um, to mm-hmm. 24-7, I think it was earlier. And I think he did a couple interviews, uh, like you said, because he did one with Jeff Goodman uh, as well. And yeah. his well, frustration there uh, is warranted, but it also reminded me of like, you, like you just said it too, like there's this window of time right now that they're all in that's just chaos. Mm-hmm. And it reminds yeah. me a little bit of like the early days of like the internet, right? Like we were, you remember those <laughs> days? You could do anything. No one cared. No one knew what was going on. It was chaos and people took advantage of it. And then eventually they paid for it, but it ended. This what is going to be your rocking. AIM screen name? <laughs> I had a few, okay? Like I, like, I had a few. <laughs> but bottom line here, um, McFly was involved with several of them. Uh, if I remember right, I had a couple different iterations. McFly? McFly, yeah, from Back to the Future. The point being, mine was. My, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold sorry. On. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mine was uh, uh, the Mighty Quinn zero one because oh, you know your graduation year, right? Why wouldn't a my high school graduation yeah, year? Yeah, right. Yes, but of course my my uh, my screen name was a nod to a Manfred Mann song that was covered by Bob Dylan, like any other normal, <laughs> totally normal, fourteen yeah. year old would make. What a fucking loser! But okay, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, I think it's like it just reminds me of like 
you know, the time in between the time when we, you know, some brand new thing is introduced to a space that just implodes everything. Yeah. And starts everything brand new. And the, the, the time when everyone has to gather themselves is that chaos time. And that's why I think you have seen a lot of schools who identify differently from other schools struggle with this in other ways than others. And I'm sorry. Maybe this is a northern podcast and people down south are going to get mad at me. But, like, people in mm-hmm. Alabama who run Alabama view college football and the role of college football within the whatever at University of Alabama very differently than the people who at University of Michigan view the role of college football within the confines of whatever University of Michigan. Doesn't mean that they don't value the, each the same. Because I would argue that they do. They just have different mm-hmm. – they have different visions of what – Football should be. And that's why a place like Alabama, like to Hunter's point, is ready to offer you a million dollars. Because I don't care what the NCA says. When they regulate us, we'll deal with it then. But right now they're not. Here's a million dollars. Michigan is just it's not gonna be a conversation that they're gonna be comfortable having. And whether or not you agree with that or not is a different avenue that now I would argue, to Hunter Dickinson's point, recruits are going to have to explore. You're going to have to explore. Yeah. The institution you are signing up to play at, what are their, what do they stand for? What do they not stand for? What are, you know what I mean? Like, that's going to have to be part of the discussion that a lot of these kids, I don't even think they're ready to (laughs) even acknowledge that that's on the table, but it will be Mm -hmm. in time, you know? And I think that that's the point that he said, you know, ultimately you want to pick the school that fits you best, but you also don't want to go, you don't want to lose out on a million dollars. You know, Jesus, I mean, you don't want to just screw yourself out of generational money. So it's a horrible whatever time and it sucks, but it's like you got to also kind of keep your head on a swivel and figure it out until people can kind of smooth the road. But the real rub here is like no one has any faith in the NCAA. And it's like, when is that ever going to happen? Sure. So, yeah. But and, and like it's unfortunate for the people, like you said, that have to deal with it right now. But like sometimes, you know, chaos has to initiate yeah, change. It happens. And, yeah, right? right. All this change came. Now it's chaos. And OK, well, all so hands are forced now. You're going to yeah. have to figure you it out no because this isn't sustainable. What's happening right now. Right. So right. part of and it the, won't be part of the other problems here is part of the other problem here is. Okay, in what world are they going to be able to find any degree of regulation? When, to your point, different parties look at this in different ways. Same as recruiting. Because Michigan and Alabama and Cal and USC, right? Right. And... Ohio State, All these Ohio. different types of schools, yeah, <laughs> all play on yeah, supposedly, right? Yes, a but all, but on the same field, and for, and more importantly, for the same championship, for the same okay. ring, yes, right. They're all playing for the same thing, but they all view these things differently, right? So how do all those parties get to one table and come up with okay, this is what it looks like? I don't know if that happens. And meanwhile, you got Mark Emmert being like, well, my term Goodbye. is wrapped up. I've done a hell of a job. See you later. Thank you Goodbye. for paying me whatever God received money. <laughs> right? Thoughts and prayers, And so Mark they're, they're going to come up with this committee and that committee. And oh, yeah. Rice. 
and all who knows the Clintons you know, is going to be in the room. <laughs> the Clintons. But in, yeah, exactly. In some way, shape, or form, though, these presidents need to like get on some kind of same page and be like, "This well, is ridiculous." The presidents need so, to like, cede control. The presidents need to cede control of decision making within major college athletics. And what really first thing that needs to happen? First thing that needs to happen. Yeah. Football needs to get the hell right. out of That's this. where I was going. Okay. The presidents <laughs> okay. need right. to cede control of the whole thing. The whole thing. And it needs to go to, as people have talked about, they called it a czar or whatever. It needs to go to a mm-hmm. someone like uh, an Adam Silver or a Roger Goodell. Your thoughts of these people are irrelevant. It's like that person has to be. You have to have yeah. someone there. The final answer. This person is the, and it's not a spineless, you know, Mark Emmert. So that's number one. And then number two sure. is that there's going to have to be some very difficult conversations, very difficult, honest conversations with every institution in the country about what are you realistically able to do in this space and what can't you do in this space? And so football, I would argue, yes, has to separate. But I would also argue, Brendan, that like some of these schools, and I don't know how it's going to go, but you can't, like you just said it, you can't keep lying like this and pretending that you're in the same boat as, you know, that uh, Georgia State and Georgia are playing the same sport. <laughs> it's just right. like, that's not a, a thing, you know? So right. there's going to have to be some harder conversations probably, and maybe that causes some more chaos, as everyone's always worried about. And this is it why, will. and it will, but that's fine. As long as you've got smart people guiding you through the chaos... You know, you don't feel it as much. You just right. don't. You roll right. with the punches and you go through it. But they're going to have to break away football yeah, and deal with, stuff. at the same time, the the Title IX implications that will come with something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be all kinds of legal maneuvering to, to still have equity yeah. while football operates essentially independently of the NCAA. I, yeah, right? I would... And then within the NCAA, there needs to be a separate czar and yeah. some, like a, a real president who has actual power and is not not just some, you know, stooge out in front of things while all these asshole presidents are the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain not being responsible for anything and just acting like, oh, it's the NCAA says, like, right. you're no, the NCAA. No, none of that you know? Yeah, This I mean- is... This is yeah. That's what I've said for years. This is it can't continue. Politicians complaining about federal government. You're like, wait, you're the federal government. Like this is why. This is one of the main. I'm telling you, this is inside baseball. But this is one of the main reasons why I don't cover college athletics on a day to day basis anymore. Because it turned into it turned into Washington D.C. It was like that's what it's turned into over the last three or four years. Yeah, period. Look at the stories that come out every day. Like lawmakers say, what in the hell is going on? Like, I mean, <laughs> it all needs to go away. It all needs to get blown up and changed and started new. I mean, it's like you, when you say that, it scares people. And I understand that. But like, it's not. I think at the end of the day, you can find a place for just about everybody here. It's just not going to look the same. But I think everybody can find sort of something in a role once it settles out. It's just going to take a long time. And as we know, these are all idealistic viewpoints because it's never going to work this way. And it'll it'll be brutal for a long, long time before yeah. everybody can feel a little more content. And that's the real – if you're coaching basketball at Western Michigan, like, it's going to be a tough road for 10 years 
maybe, you know, I don't know. It could be really yeah. hard, you know, for those levels. And that's the that's the, the the guy and the gal that I feel bad for, you know, in the coaching ranks, I guess, is the people who are running, you know, the have not, so to speak, programs that are trying. And like, what do you do? Right. I don't, you know, what do you do? So I do wonder if at that level, like, and speaking specifically to basketball and and also to, to non to anything sports, really, yeah, anything that's not football, yeah, basically, right. like. There is a chance for. I love the contempt in I your voice like when a, you say a, football. A, 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 oh yeah, oh my god, it's the worst. <laughs> you just say the word um, football. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for 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 bas- for men's and women's basketball, and your borderline revenue sports and your non-revenue sports, like there is an opportunity here for like kind of revamping in a good yeah, way yeah. and and reimagining what this looks like I agree. in a good way because when you look at like some of the the spending in basketball like on recruiting you know you have, you have five members of the staff spending <laughs> eight weeks of summer going to these nonsense recruiting events where it's like you know and and western to your point like they've got their whole staff out going there and i'm sure they see a kid here and a kid Why am there, I there? Yeah. like what the hell use of spending is this, you know, like yeah. Yeah. there are ways that that we can change, have positive change come from this and like better use of money for these athletic departments and kind of, you know, once once we have some level of regulation on, on, on player movement right. and stuff like that, like, okay, then you'll be able to re-explore how you roster build and how you build teams and and what you look like two three four years in in advance, but um, you know until then it's just going to be a total shit show. Like now, I mean, yeah, St. Joe's somehow like their best <laughs> freshman last year, they kept him. Did they? Like he made it. Like the portal deadline came and like I checked it. I'm like, wait, he's still in the roster. Like how did that happen? You know. Like, because they don't have any money. Yeah, they're, right. not, they're, not, they're not putting together and you were, deals. You were opening the billfold. You were opening up the wallet. Yeah. Like, what do I got to do? What do we need here, guys? Jesus, we can't take just, any more losing. Like, like, what a great job by this. Like, you're at the point where you're congratulating members of a staff for, for not keeping losing a, guy, a yeah. player. Well, for keeping a guy who is happy. You know, this, you're this is like, a good segue. What's going on? This is a good segue as the booster Brendan Quinn uh, reminded me of the collective uh, conversation that we hear across the board as uh, the St. Joe's collective would have co- uh, consisted of you. Uh, and that's about it. Maybe your dad, <laughs> your brother. Like, that's about it. And, and none of us have any money. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like, so like, I mean, it seems the big thing, you know, Ross Dellinger, and I'm sure some others have reported this too. I don't want to short anybody, mm-hmm. but you know, that the big thing here is that the, the big piece of regulation that seems to be coming immediately maybe would be going after yes. the collectives, which is the big yes. piece of like, okay. And I love who deemed them. I want to know who called them collectives. Where'd that start? Who, who started that I term? Where I come from, brother, those are called cartels. Okay? Where I come from, yes. they're not called collectives. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. What are you hearing about the collectives? Uh, this, that, and the other. And like, this is a whole new world that, and this is the thing that people back in the, uh, around the signing period of college football were chirping up about because all these, like A&M was ready to go. They had their collective ready to go. They had all this stuff 
ready to go. And that's when Jimbo made the yes. comment about, like, on the signing thing. People just didn't talk about it back in the day. <laughs> you know, or whatever. And then he got all mad after the fact and blah, blah, blah. But, like, what are you hearing about all the collectives? How is it impacting basketball? Does Michigan have a collective? I don't even know I, at this point. With this I, I have no idea. I mean, they, <laughs> one of the funniest things was, like, what did people think was going to happen? I don't like, know. There was like, like, I don't know. There was like some level of like delusion that like NIL was going to like lead to like a player like Hunter Dickinson just like hopping, like pulling out the yellow pages and looking yeah. up like the local car dealership and being like, no, hey, yeah. Mr. Mr. Uh, Lawson, Let's how about I, you know, do some yeah. Like, no, it immediately created its own basic economy that yes. didn't exist before, where every agent is just trapezing into the situation. Yeah. <laughs> they're where ready the to hustlers go. They're know what they're doing. Yeah, and they've been ready. And then they've been ready. And then That's e- the, the, yeah. the schools that are, the schools that are ready to go. Right. You know, they already had their shit lined up. And that's the frustration not, from fans. We're not going to be waiting for the right. athletes to come to us exactly. looking for NIL. We are going to the athletes and we are making yep. the offers. Um, which is just insane because... If, I'll tell you what, if I'm a great coach, I'm like, this is great. I don't even have to fucking exactly. anymore. I'm just going to... You know, these... Yes, my bring me players. Fortune 500 company right. is just going to go get me a running back and a couple wide receivers. I'm ready to party. I this love it. Great. I mean, in, in some ways, yeah. <laughs> and it needs to be. I love it. it needs to you. now. It needs to be regulated. I will agree. It can't be so out of control because the cartel thing always pops in my mind, and I I shouldn't go all the way because there's a lot of good people uh, that are good, yeah, good intentions with all this. So, um, but at the end of the day, it does need to be regulated because there are a lot of people also involved with this that don't have good intentions that are using money that comes from I don't know where you don't know where and I don't want to know where and at the end of the day right like that's happening and it, for us to just act like that's not happening in places would be you know just as foolish uh, as it was for us to act like nobody was paying recruits when that was illegal so you know it's a complicated like web here across the board and I think that at the end of the day you, the collectives I think are going to stay right I would assume I, I think that's going to be a thing, though, sure. that you're going to want. Because that's something where I think a lot of the Jimbo frustration was like, like you just said, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think we were going to do? <laughs> just sit here like, and just not make everything we were already doing official under the rules and regulations? Because we're already five steps ahead of you. And that's where the fan mm-hmm. frustration comes in. Because... The hustlers and the people that are ready in that world that have connections that get around and you know what I'm talking about that make connections that know people that can do this that and the other they were ready to go and so when the when it was like this is now technically legal okay let's go and you had 15 schools that were out out in front and you'll never be able to catch them same as the internet back in the day right and it's like you got to get there first I think that was the whole race but it can't be so panicked that we let panic sort of drive the conversation about what regulations happen is what I would say. Well, and you had some places that like basically already had these things. Exactly. They were ready to go. For, yeah. In, uh, like, in the shadow world. Like, yeah. Not ready to go as in like. They're already going. Yeah. Right. They're, they're waiting for the ribbon cutting ceremony to go give out their, their money. Like they were already, already giving happening. it out. Yeah, and, right. that, and now it was just like. Now it's on the books. Okay, well, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's on the books. Yeah. This thing street legal. Taxable you know, income. Car out, yeah. That car out front, no one's even going to raise an eye. All anymore. the better. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, you know, yeah. Like, next year, that's going to be one of the funny things. I want to see that. I remember 
going into that uh, that parking lot at outside oh, Schembechler back when I actually covered the team, you know, and those cars that would just look like a regular parking that lot. That is a good point. I might just swing through there just for shits and gigs next year, just to see this now looks like, you know, Allen Park. I saw suddenly I saw a picture where of all yeah. these cars where you're like, look at this. Sh- okay. I saw, all right. So things are things are a little different. It's on it's it's on Instagram or something of uh, Blake Corum, the Michigan running back, who has the shades, and he had like a Viper or something parked outside the stadium that he was standing next to, and I was like, holy shit, look at this. Like all and that's the stuff right there where it's like when it all settles. When it all settles, and it will, how long, we'll see. Uh, but that's the part that's cool, right? Where we see all these guys finally get, you know, the opportunity to sort of be paid. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, we're back after my latest internet lapse, and I was talking <laughs> about... Uh, the cool parts of NIL, which is we see these cars in the, with the cars in the parking lot, Blake Corums, of course, mm-hmm. and I think there are probably going to be others uh, that we see uh, popping up across the way. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on uh, how this is playing out nationally, my man? Basketball seems to be in it right now. Um, like football, I think has gone through it, and it's still in it too. But like it just had an earlier maybe experience with it. But uh, any other national? Yeah, I mean, thoughts? there's 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 kind of vibes of the return from COVID a yeah. little bit when football kind of got, got started through it, yeah. and just right. did its thing and yeah. whatever and then acted like it didn't even happen and right. whatever and, and then and then basketball season tried to play out and it was just a complete shit show, you yeah. know. Um, it, it does kind of feel like that. Right, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I... I I feel like they on the bas- on the men's basketball side, um, most coaches still understand the value of like you need to build a team, right, man? Like yeah. football is different. You can bring in Very six different. transfers because a roster is so big. That yeah, you have more ways really to fix. You're it, yeah. used to that level of turnover, but like every basketball coach knows, if you're bringing in ten new players, like your odds of sustaining that, it's just not. Yeah, it is not conducive mm-hmm. to the product, and you're going to see those. Like everyone knows that you still want to build your team, and yeah, you can use the portal to your advantage to plug a hole. Whether you have a one of your own players transfer, or have a player unexpectedly develop quickly and go pro, or whatever may happen that that you need to fill a spot. You know, we, we got to find a a marksman three-point shooter. We got to, we got to get an extra big or, or we need a lead guard, whatever it may be. Like you can still 
fill a spot and and make it work. Um, but but they are all juggling this dynamic of if you're going to bring in a player, that player's going to need a deal, and now you're going to have the rest of your roster sitting there saying, what the hell is that about? Patience, I think, is going to be the, the thing that wins this because this is going to – college basketball is going to turn into college hockey – in terms mm-hmm. of in terms of how you build a team, and when you watch, you know, for those out there that watch college hockey, the best college hockey teams. I'm not sure if it's changed in recent years, but you know, and the, there was a good long stretch there where the best college hockey teams were those like old ass teams that, you yeah. know, uh, what was the one team that I can't remember their name now. They were somewhere from the Northeast, but they had all the uh, Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac, I think it was, was playing really well. But yeah, they had all these like 25 year olds that were like, you know, guys that had just been through the system. Um, you know, minor league system, whatever. Because, I mean, other things are going to change. And it's going to be, you know, where we saw in college hockey, where if you were just going out and picking the best five players, you were not going to have a very good team. You Maybe, but it was going to sure. be a battle. You were going against grown-ass men, you know. And, like, there's going to be some changes, I think, that can be advocated for that people haven't really realized yet. Uh, and I would I would caution and say that patience should, should win. And that's why you need a czar or someone in charge. Like, because the... Mm-hmm. The knee-jerk reaction crowd can't be the, the crowd that dictates where this goes. The crowd that just runs out immediately and says, we're paying this kid $20 million of unmarked bills can't be the crowd that dictates where all this ends. So patience sure. has to win this. And, you know, and that's why I always go back to, like, the schools have to find a way to concede power and transition it responsibly to something or someone that is actually a educated enough to do it and be interested enough to do it, which are two things that the presidents, frankly, are not. So, mm-hmm. you know, when and how that happens, now that Mark Embert's gone, I wonder if that's maybe, you know, why does why does he need a year and a half to, to leave? I don't know. But, you know, now that he's leaving, maybe there's chances for that. I don't know. But I, I mean, I, I say that about the presidents, you know, in, in my own head, my next thought is like, yeah, but that's never going to happen. <laughs> so, like, I mean, they're sure. never going to give it up. So, like, I, that's where it's like the confusion and there are easy answers here, but it's like, those don't seem realistic. You know what I mean? And that seems to probably be a frustration too, for a lot of people, I would think. Right. And there just need to be some like in, uh, until there's a new president in place and yeah. until you like, there still need that. You got to find some kind of way to get some systems in place. Right. Of like, what in do the you do with, yeah, right. with your current rosters and things like that? Like, you know, if you're Michigan State, say Michigan State, like they need a big man. They need another big. Yeah. Like if you want to go after the best big in the portal, right? Well, that's going to take a real ass offer to get done. Strong ass offer, Will a Wade. Strong <laughs> ass offer. So you bring in that kid. Yeah. You make it happen. You get a deal in place and a, and a, and a, 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 a big man transfers in. Well, now I'm Malik Hall and I'm sitting there. Right. I'm saying, you know, there were times last year I was the best player on the team. I'm the third leading scorer on last year's team, whatever. Uh, Tyson Walker is mm-hmm. saying, wait a second, I'm the, you know, I'm the starting point guard of the yeah. team that played in the NCAA tournament last year. Right. Why, why, why is this guy getting that? And like, you, and that's just an impossible, and like, I do feel bad for the coaches on that. Like, yeah, well, that's, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, as a coach, it's not your job to be divvying out contracts and among I think your, that, yeah, your players, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, great point. And I think that that's where the really sad part hits you for coaches because the ones that care about it anyway, and there's a lot, the majority, I would say, do, um, because that true team 
you know, you're never going to play for a team again, mm-hmm. gentlemen. You know, like, that's over. That's that over. over. But I would also say that most of those coaches that you would talk to, and you can still feel bad for them, they've known that this is, it was, 100%. it's been over. It's been <laughs> over. And so you were just fighting a losing battle, and now it's time to adjust. But I, yes, to your point, the pure college athletics fan in all of us and a lot of people don't know this yet or it hasn't hit them i think the average fan who just casually watches the sport it'll hit them but it won't hit them until they yeah that's it it's over that's gone the whole like you know this kid came in here and did his thing for a couple years and had a hell of a story and grinded it out and all these there will still be some of them but it's not gonna be like it used to be you know and it's just it's not gonna be something that you can even plan for those are going to be the special, you know, as opposed to it used to be, that's just what you did with everybody. Right. And, you know, and those days are gone. And uh, and I think that um, there's a lot of frustration behind that of how did we let it get to there, you know, and I mm-hmm. understand that too. Yeah, someone, you know, as two people who work in an industry that <laughs> let things get awry many, many yeah. times, I yeah. can understand that. But I can also say that the only way forward is to figure out together how to get out of it. And, like, they've got to find a way to get leadership at the top. Right, and that that has just that just has to be all hands on deck for once, the whole country uh, right. in college athletics. One time, all the coaches have to agree. Right. Get us someone in charge. I don't care who it and is. You know, the most underlying fear for me is that the the chaos that is created that's been been created by this kind of that aforementioned confluence of these two. Mm-hmm. Just seismic changes hitting all at once. Yeah. Everyone is, you know, chasing these butterflies of, of how do how do we deal with this? 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 Where everyone in college basketball, what you really need to be focused on more than anything is the current construct, the actual entire construct of college basketball remaining. In yeah, right. What it is because. Every our biggest fear, yeah. right, is the big boys taking their ball and leaving, yeah. and going with football and saying we're having our tournament, and then college basketball is it's over. It's the same, irreparably changed, and it's not what I don't think anyone really wants. No, at the end of the day, right? Like no, I, I don't no, think absolutely not. We, we all want to see changes yeah, to college you basketball, won't want it. but like. <laughs> The, like that's the thing. Like the second you fuck with the NCAA tournament, it's buddy. Yeah, you are going to lose people. Like the baseball strike back in '94, whatever year that was, where there were just people who were just like, and they Whoo! will never come back. And baseball, and what, and baseball fell off the face right. of the earth after that. Those people will never come back. You're a hundred. They'll never right. come back. I, I don't. Right. I, I would. You know, I would probably give it a shot, whatever. But you know, yeah, but you're I'm different. Not, I'm not yeah. interested in covering that. You're like, that's exactly. Not, I think that is, I that is well right. said. Someone like you saying something like that should be pretty uh, – I mean, <laughs> and frankly, I just said it earlier, but that's true. A big part of the reason why, I mean, like, it's coaching – it's coach-driven for me more than anything else because it's like I got tired of hearing, like – I'm tired of hearing how you guys get everything you want and nobody else seems to get anything they want. Well, mm-hmm. now that now that it's evened out – and we could see it starting to even out, and suddenly the coaches wanted to complain, and I was just like, I can't do this. Like, I'm yeah. not I'm not going to be able to objectively stand here and listen to you complain about it. Like, 
So right. I can't cover this like this. And so I, you know, and I'm just being honest. So I still yeah. write about football, but like that part of it for me is hard right now because I, I really don't, it's hard to objectively, because I do feel bad for a lot of uh, coaches and there's a lot of them I don't feel bad for at all. And I'm like, you got everything you deserved. You've been taking advantage of the situation for forever. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of coaches, you know, and you know exactly what I'm talking about with some of the cases and some of the sports, like you're the ones who made this, you turned this thing up to 11 when it didn't need to be. You cranked this thing mm-hmm. into a world where we didn't need to go. And now look at you. And now look at what we're doing. So and no one has any answers. And like those are the people that I look at and it's just like, well, you know what? Look at you. And, <laughs> you and, know? and didn't blink when their yeah. contracts yeah, look at like, you. increased right. a hundredfold in basically like a 15-year a window. Right. Like – I mean, it went. It was. It's crazy when you go back and read stories from like the early '90s, and they mention coaches' contracts. You're like, were they, was this in the 1800s? 80k. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. First, it's, it's, first college football coach I ever covered full time in 2007 was making ninety five thousand dollars. Division one, one <laughs> A, ninety five thousand dollars. He got a raise to like five hundred grand in like a couple years in, and, and the whole school was about ready to be like, this is bullshit. Sure. Are you kidding me? Five hundred thousand. Sure. This was not that long ago. This was like yes, that's her, not that long 14 ago. Fourteen years ago, maybe. So yeah. So and like <laughs> ninety-five grand. It was fascinating. Holy shit. Final, final four this year. Somebody asked Jay Wright about um, nil, and it was a great question. I'm and I, it's bothering me that I can't remember who asked it, so I apologize. But um, they asked. Does NIL make it easier for you to square what you make? Oh, yeah. A year. Yeah, I saw that question. It was such a good question. And and Jay, I mean, it was he a good answer too. He put it all out. Fascinating. He was like it really weighed on me mm-hmm. in in recent years like this this outrageous disparity that that existed where like yeah, I mean Jay's making like fucking 8 million a year like we don't right. know the exact number because yeah. he's at a private school but like he's a top 5 coach right he's making insane money yeah and yeah he's got players who just you can't legally give them anything right you know and yeah like the the good ones and I he feel is like, a weird example cuz yeah, exactly and the, and, yeah. the, and the thing is that there's our other coaches who that never even faced them. Mm-mm. I mean, it just never either. Like, of course. Yeah, like, right. I'm the coach. I've worked my way up the ladder. And this is what I get. This is the big and job. They're just, yeah. they're just players. Yeah. And you're just like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> I got the big job and the big house and the big street and the big block and the big this. And it's a conversation that transcends sports and goes into some things that frankly are probably go out of bounds of this podcast. Oh, baby. But like, I will say, yeah. I will say, I mean, that people know the way that we feel about certain things. Right, yeah. The 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 way that the uh, shut up and dribble crowd has to <laughs> has to digest all of this is Kentucky's having a time, right? Absolute chef's kiss. Like the cats watching the cats are watching having a hard time. Watching some of the mental gymnastics from some uh, <laughs> Yeah, and it's like I mean, I I cuz you know like I have family in Ohio, obviously, like a bunch, and you know, you know, and friends and people that we go see, and I would always, talk, and they're all Ohio State fans, and you would talk to them, and be like, guys, and I'd talk to them over the last like several years, and be like, this is changing, this is not going to be what you think, what you, and you know, and some of the smarter ones that got it would always be like, yeah, you're right, I can see it, and every time you'd see them again, they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, 
how much I like this, you know? I mean, I maybe I could in time, but I mean, you're right. It's like, it's a very delicate time. Um, I, you know, you want to say patience should win, but it's also like, that's kind of foolish to just sit, suggest that's how it's going to go. I, I so, mean, you know, I, I don't know. Like, to, to my point, um, and I know you feel the same way, mm-hmm. and it's something that, like, I think it, listeners will... Uh, maybe, I don't know. This is kind of like pulling back curtain a little bit, but like, I, I struggled with Oh, that. sure, sure. You know, writing about these guys. Oh, God, asking yeah, these, we make money Asking these of guys it. to <laughs> tell me, you know, the deepest parts of their stories. They're you know, like, with yeah. Karis Levert to tell me about losing his, finding his father on the floor uh, on Easter morning, and I'm writing this story for MLive, and MLive's getting all of its clicks I'm making a salary off of doing this, and Karis LeVert gets shit. Nothing. Right? And is an unpaid athlete who can't even, you know, earn. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. I love college basketball, but this is not, this is not right. I make a, was making a full salary on just writing about. You just have to tell yourself. Unpaid athletes. Like, well, it's going to help his draft profile or something. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course. You jump through all the hoops to get there and and be okay with it. And it's, you just kind of play with that. There's just cognitive dissonance and all this stuff that goes into into doing it. And yeah, you know, I'm promoting the game. I'm doing it's all bullshit, right? Like that is it is bothersome. Um, and and it really grinds my gears. I'll say to when you hear some people, um, whether they're you know a commentator on ESPN or a commentator on this or a media personality or a whatever. Um, pushing back on some of this, yeah, you know, where I'm like, where do you get off, yeah. man? Like, we're all everyone's profiting off of this, yeah. So I, now we're on a completely different tangent. Well, at the end whatever. of the day, I think I would just say this: <laughs> that I want because, like, and you bring up a great point about like our role sometimes in this, and it's like I look at it. I've come to look at it with football specifically over my life is like football has given me the game of football the sport, whatever, mm-hmm. has given me an, an awful lot. And I would say the same for you with hoops. Like, I mean, because you've taken it mm-hmm. serious and you've respected it and you, and and so much of what we both do, I think, is is an effort to um, honor the game, you know, uh, yeah. promote the game, um, promote the good stuff in the game and all of that. And the hard part for people like us, I think, and coaches that are obviously in the same capacity that are trying to give back is like, you want that everyone that's, you want everyone that is benefiting from the game to to really benefit as much as they can. You want every you don't want people to be held back. You don't want people to be to feel like they're not getting the maximum amount out of it, but you also don't want it to be corrupted to where people are just using it for mm-hmm. the sake of whatever because there's so much more and that's, you know, the stories that we write and everything else often tell those tales, but like there's so much more about these sports and just being in a team setting and all this stuff that gets lost when you start bringing in money like this. And um, that ultimately is at the core of all of the conversation and that will change. But it's like, I just, at the end of the day, I always go back to that. It's like, for me with football specifically, it's like this, my whole, I would have nothing the way I am now without, without football. So that's how I look at my job. It's like, I'm trying to write to expand and honor the game of football. And I know that's why sometimes I can get people to call me back because they see how I write, right? And that's how... That's those are the people I think about. Those are the people that I worry about. And it's like I would just always say, like, 
those are the good ones that I think at the end of the day, if you listen to them, you'll find your way through this. It's just going to be really choppy and right. hard, but you know, we'll see. But yeah. And when it, when it comes to the college sports model, and there's like a lot of people all, like that out there, I would say that for sure. When it comes to the college sport model, you know, the, the real hope here is that five, 10 years from now, we are looking back on this and being like, oh, that was the time where everything, it was threadbare. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's stop acting. Mm-hmm. Pull down all the curtains, right? Right. Let's I, let's let's figure, let's just bring everything right to the surface, right? There is money being funneled all over the place. Just just yeah. Put it out there. Let let everyone know exactly how these things are getting done. There's no reason to act. This whole circus, mm-hmm. this right. like hidden circus, circus yeah. that, that has operates yeah. underneath everything. Like yeah. fuck all that. Bring it all up, right? Get it on paper. Yeah. Unmask. Unmask people, it. Yeah. You know, like, and it's going to be really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a rough a decade. <laughs> but you know, there, there's a chance that you know this thing comes on the other side, and I think it's a, it's probably not a great chance, but there's a chance it comes out on the other side as a markedly better product. Oh and yeah. Exists yeah. like in reality. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's the thing um, where it's like, it's there. You can get there, but will you can get there? Will people will agree it? enough? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. is the ultimate question. And usually we know the answer to that is no, but uh, any that's, right. that's all we can solve for today, I think. Uh, I got to go fix my internet because, you know, obviously this is falling apart. But you got anything else you want to chat about today before we run no, out? No, no, I'm good. Right on I'm out. Good. Hey, by the way, uh, I, if you saw my tweet out there, everyone, about the idea, the podcast idea oh, for yeah, the yeah, summertime. Yeah. If you have any ideas for long form dive shows or whatever, and all, I mean, some of you do. There was like seventy ideas in there. The that responses were, all pretty were good. great. You guys. Are so awesome. if you got any more, throw them in there, and we'll check them out, and we'll uh, mull that over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, here. yeah. Because we need to kind of anyone who follows this pod follows either of us on you know the shit we write. Yeah. Um, it's it's fairly clear, right? Our our jobs have are Definitely molding changed. and transitioning yeah. into different things. We. You know, in, in yeah. a perfect world, we still find a way to do this. Nick and I, yeah. you know, we obviously enjoy each other and, and enjoy doing this. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're not, we, we can't act like we're beat writers and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, it's just, it's going to need to kind of get tweaked. So if we can find these like we'll single topic out. kind of storytelling, bullshitting things, um, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. And maybe that's what this needs to kind of evolve Yeah, and I would into. say I wouldn't – I wouldn't. And I was happy to see people sort of went beyond the Michigan-Michigan State boundary. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that you can't. I mean, like, you know, that I saw a lot of great Michigan-Michigan State topics in there too that would be fun. But, like, I thought it was cool. Yeah. So, I mean, anything really I would say around – maybe like regional somewhere around here that's important to you who mm-hmm. listens to this show. I think people – other people who listen to this show would like it. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good idea. There were no big five suggestions. I was offended, but that's okay. Stop planting seeds. Stop stop planting (laughs) suggestions. Currently, George Sipple's 1983 Michigan Panthers is leading the leading the definitely leading the pack. (laughs) Okay, so I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to bust out a six pack one night and read everything that I (laughs) can find about the '83 Michigan Panthers, and then jump on a pod the next day with you and just be like, "This was awesome." You know, that sounds fun. Um, We appreciate everyone listening. We appreciate. Um, all, all the support and you guys being wanting to interact and all that stuff. It's it's great. That's the reason we keep doing this thing. So uh, subscribe to the athletic. I don't know. It's like a dollar or something. <laughs> Do that. Um, that's that's a great deal. So 
Um, and read all of Nick's old draft coverage. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed oh, it. Him and Chris Burke, for all you Lions fans, are just absolutely required uh, reading um, in my my budding Lions fandom. <laughs> you know, they're still really, growing. Uh, Keeping me, keeping me up to date. I was listening to the One pod, you, you guys. Yeah. I was listening to your draft pods, man. I was locked in. <laughs> Ready so, to go. Uh, you, you all should be too. And then uh, be sure to tip your bartenders and servers. I seen hot towns on my day.